Hey, what's up, guys? It's Norm James coming at you from a snowy London, Ontario, Canada. It is January 19th, 2020. This is the Leafs Combo Podcast, always presented by our friends at Oak Ridge Ford in London, Ontario, oakridgeford.com. The GT500 has landed in the Forest City. You can see it in community if you want to see more of it. Ask me how. Mike Augello joins us. Michael, it's been, I don't know, several hours since the Leafs lost 6-2 to the Blackhawks at Scotiabank Arena. Rating it against the worst defeats of the season, where would you put it? Oh, it's up there. Good morning, Norm. Uh, it's definitely up there along with the uh, Florida game last Sunday <clears throat> where they really didn't show up. Uh, and that that's, I think, the, the, the disconcerting thing about this effort. You know, it's one thing to lose. It's another thing to give up opening goal 21 seconds into the game and not really be in it for most of it. it, it the, the Leafs scored that power play goal from Nealander early in the second period, and there was a time where it looked that they might be able to climb back in, and then Chicago gets two more goals, and then they get a goal from Kerfoot. And it, ne- never at any instance did this team get control from Chicago and, and be able to shut down Chicago. Every time the Leafs scored or every time the Leafs had an offensive foray, the Blackhawks responded with, you know, taking advantage of a turnover or uh, or an odd man break. Freddie Anderson did not have a good game, but the defense was pathetic. Yeah, no doubt. Looking at the team stats in the plus minus, it looks like a bunch of golf scores. If they were playing golf, pretty impressive, but they are not. Martin Marinson a minus four. Mitch Marner a minus four. Austin Matthews minus four. Zach Hyman three under par. You're going to get these kinds of numbers in a lopsided loss, but it's a further testament to the Leafs being a team when offensively capable puts itself in position to win games. When this team is losing the offensive battle, I don't think it has a chance in hell to do anything substantial. Well, it's strange, and I I didn't hear the explanation of why this was the case. John Tavares has matched up against the other team's number one center on most nights, and last night it seemed that the Taves line with Kubalik was the line that Matthews was matching up with, whereas Tavares was matching up against Patrick Kane. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that that was a little bit of a – a strange thing, but you know, I think that Kane is the more effective scorer now to, and than Taves. But Taves had a fantastic night and you know showed why he's you know a future Hall of Famer. But you know that being said, uh, you know Marner and Matthews will have these nights every once in a while. You know they will score a lot more uh, in other games and counterbalance that. My problem when you read off the names of those players is having Martin Marinson on the ice and being minus four. He is a complete zero in terms of a defender. I know he has to play right now because, you know, Muzzin and Riley are out, but you just see a player who has no concept of where he is on the ice. And in a couple instances, I know Timothy Liljegren pinched in on one of the uh, goals in the second period, uh, and they blamed Liljegren mm. for getting caught up the ice. If you look at if you looked at the the odd man break, Marinson covered Taves, I believe, and left the left the uh, the winger a free path to the net. It's like I I don't understand how this guy is in the NHL, and they've already signed him for another year. And you're going to have uh, the faction of Dubas haters amplify their message based on this loss and the fact that the Leafs have lost five of their last seven after. Uh, they went on such a run. This group's going to really focus in on Kyle Dubas and what they believe are his shortcomings 
as a manager mm-hmm. and this idea of putting speed and skill over, you know, a, a little bit more of a mosaic when it comes to team building. Mm-hmm. Martin Marinson is a Dubas guy, is he not? It's the fact that, you know, he's a, a defensive defenseman, supposedly, which I, I don't see, but he's a good depth option. You know, you can bring him in, you can plug him in. Yeah. But the problem is that right now with Muzzin and with Riley out, he's playing more minutes and is being exposed. If he's playing 12 minutes a night and he's playing on the PK, that's fine. But if he's playing, you know, and he was started the game playing with Tyson Berry, that was a mistake. And then they hit, they had seven defensemen last night because they played Liljegren. Mm. It's just, and it's, and it's not just solely him. Let's, let's just say this. I mean, I'm of not course. blind to the fact that, that, that this team was making bad giveaways just inside the blue line that the Blackhawks were taking advantage of that. But right now, I think that the overall defensive play of this team over this seven game stretch has been terrible. And the reason you can win with speed and skill, but the way this team was winning during that 10 game point streak was possessing the puck and preventing the other team from uh, either getting turnovers and going the other way, or just having the puck to, to have offensive chances. Mm-hmm. Their, their, their possession has, has decreased of late and when they're allowing the other team to come in to the defensive zone they don't have the players to i think secure uh you know good scoring chances and then freddie anderson i believe his save percentage is just over Mm -hmm. 900 in that stretch and that's just not effective all we can do right now mike is react to the latest there will be more to come good bad or Mm -hmm. ugly in this moment we are reacting to the latest we we can't lose our minds Mm -hmm. we can't lose track of the bigger picture and what's to come the Leafs will most likely get hot again at another point I felt like that run a bit of fantasy in what was going on there and the fact that the team was dominating possession and scoring lots of goals it seemed almost too easy there's no way the Leafs are that good that they can make the game look that easy they were playing against teams that <clears throat> were not at their level, and they were making their opponents pay for it. As things get tighter and the races get more intense and the games have more meaning, that kind of play will be important, but so will the other stuff. So will giving hits. So will taking hits. Um, so will the extra effort. Are they capable and are they built to be able to withstand what is to come? And let's give them some credit in that they don't have a full complement of players. I mean, it's not like, you know, from the first guy to the last guy, everybody's available, everybody's ready to go. Look, the Leafs put themselves in position to, at least for a second, contend for the division title. They've fallen back a little bit, but clearly last night indicates that uh, there is still a lot of work to be done. But, hey, when you're building towards something great, This is all part of the process. I'm Norman James along with Mike Augello. This is the Leafs Convo Podcast presented by Oak Ridge Ford in London, Ontario. I have a GT500 on the premises. That thing going for just under $200,000. If you help me sell it, I'll give you $500 in honor of the GT500. It all makes sense. I'm going to read off some comments in community in just a few moments, and uh, the podcast will blow up because nobody – is happy. Michael, William Nylander scored his 22nd goal of the season last night on the power play. He's getting power play time. He's effective in that unit with Mitch Marner and Austin Matthews. For William Nylander fans, last night probably was okay because their guy got a goal. And that's nice. He's, he's potting them. And a nice little pass from Mitch Marner, too. 
Hey, I guess he did win the Battle of the Kneelanders last night. He got a goal and his brother got an assist. Yeah, I I mean, and I have no complaints with the way Kneelander has played recently. Uh, As I've heard some other commentators say, you know, he's earning his salary. And that's, you know, that's what I think everybody wanted. This is not what we saw last year coming back from the uh, the Mm -hmm. impasse. And he has played at a high level and not with... Austin Matthews. He's played with Tavares and he's been scoring goals. So, you know, for those complain who complained about Neilander and I was one of them because they needed to get bang for the buck. They're getting bang for the buck mm-hmm. now. Now, now the, the, the problem is, and you, you just to touch on something you said before, they were playing Chicago last night. Chicago, you know, they have indiv- great individual talent in Taves and Kane and a few other players. But this is a team at the bottom of the Western Conference. This was a game that you had to win. It's understandable to lose to a Calgary or a Winnipeg who are, you know, I think top echelon in the Western Conference. It's another thing to lose to Florida who you're in a battle with for third place in the Atlantic. It's another thing to lose to one of the worst teams in the Western Conference. And that's the problem. They didn't show up against an also rant. And that and yeah. when when you when you total up your points at the end of the year and you lose games to teams like Detroit and teams like Chicago, and you're out of the playoffs, those yeah. are the losses that, that cost you. They gave up a goal 21 seconds into the game. What, is mm-hmm. that, what does that tell you? These guys, were they checked out before the final game, before the break? It seemed to me like Chicago was playing with a purpose, and they have a game on Sunday evening, too. Pat Kane will probably get his thousandth point in the Windy City. What a career that guy's had. Had his number retired in London on Friday night. The Blackhawks seem to be playing with purpose, and the Maple Leafs were just, they looked checked out. They weren't. They were trying. They don't go on the ice and not try, especially in this market under these circumstances. But, man, they were ineffective. And and considering they won, like, two-thirds of the draws in the game. Well, I mean, they had had the puck, and they were only outshot by uh, one. So they were involved. They had things going. But it just just wasn't coming together. So the optics of that tends to create something that is not necessarily true, but does lend to the way this team uh, has been playing. And that is, um, it's not quite inept, but it's not uh, effective enough for uh, what needs to be done as we get closer to the trade deadline and then beyond, it's a huge scramble, mad dash to the playoffs after that. Are the Leafs going to be equipped for it? All that remains to be seen. Well, I mean, I know that I, you know, I made a little bit of a cute comment. I know John Shannon basically said the same thing last night on Twitter that it looked like the, the Leafs had started their five day bye week a little early. And then when you see something and, you know, I don't know if this contributed to them getting booed or, or a Bronx cheer for Frederick Anderson. But, you know, when you see that, uh, I think it was Frederick Anderson, Neil under Kapanen and Jake Muzzin are all going to Augusta for their bye week for, to play golf. I, you know, it's like, and, and the, the, the fans see this team after a, a long streak of being effective, them going, you know, sort of in, in the wrong direction that, that doesn't exactly promote, you know, positivity when it comes to this team right now you know they they know they're going to be a nip and tuck battle battle for the playoffs and they really have to play well on every night to be able to get in there and right now there's a stretch where they played like world beaters and there's a stretch recent stretch where they played like anything but what do you think of the Leonard Crawford tandem Mike and you know what I'm getting at what do you think of a Anderson 
fill-in-the-blank tandem leading this team to playoff glory. You know what I'm well, saying? Well, I think that the Leonard-Crawford tandem shows you why that can't work because collectively they're making $11 million and you can't spend $11 million mm-hmm. on your goaltending. Uh, there's been this uh, there's been this chatter about uh, Alexander Georgiev with the uh, with the New York Rangers and the and mm-hmm. the Leafs being interested. Uh, a and I wrote about this yesterday. Uh, the Leafs are not going to give up a Kapanen or a Janssen or an Alex Kerfoot for a goaltender who's sure. going to play ten to twelve games. The other thing is, can I, but can I add something? Yep. Sorry, Mike. Can I add something though? But when you have a one and one A, two guys who can be the top guy making up your goaltending tandem. Mm-hmm. Doesn't that mean something, especially in times like this? If you can, if you can do it, never mind the money. I know the money the money means everything, mm-hmm. and and the money dictates everything. But to be able to have someone who's won three cups and have him sit on the bench and watch a guy who is a capable number one, and then flip them, especially during these tough times, it would settle the team down and give the coach more confidence in who's uh, in that, and give somebody like Freddie Anderson. A little bit more time to take a breath and relax a little mm-hmm. bit so he doesn't have to be out there when he shouldn't be taking abuse from fans. It, and whether you think that was fine or not, it was just part of the game. That's what he gets paid a lot of money for. He's got to suck it up and move on. They will cheer him more than they jeer him. It's a great thing to have if you can have it and if you can fit it in your budget. This team can't fit it in their budget because they're paying their top four players $40 million bucks. It's like if you can get Car- if you can get uh, uh, Crawford from – the Blackhawks and he's making a million five, that'd be a great thing to have, but he's making six. So it's impossible for this team based on how they're front loading their, you know, the, how they paid their top talent up front to be able to afford a backup goaltender that's making significant money. I, and I think that's the problem, as I've said many a time that in this summer, when after they probably lose Barry and maybe lose Muzzin and free agency, you know, they're going to have to be able to pay to help their defense be as good as their offense. And that's why probably either Kapanen, Janssen, or Nylander is going to get traded in, in the summer or maybe even before that. Mm. But, uh, you know, I think that they can improve their goaltending uh, before the deadline to a level that's much better than it is right now without giving up Kapanen for Georgiev. I, I like Georgiev, but <clears throat> the problem with him is – is that he's a he's an arbitration eligible restricted free agent after this year and after playing 30 games last year and probably playing more than 30 this year for the Rangers he's probably going to get 2 to 3 million dollars on a settlement in a in a new contract and again that's something the Leafs cannot afford so i wow yeah that, that, that i mean Auntie Ranta and Cam Talbot, who are Ranger backups who went to be number ones in other places, they got $4 million on their next contracts. The Leafs cannot <laughs> afford a backup goaltender making that much. The salary cap sucks, Mike. Remember when? Remember mm. the Leafs used to just throw money at everything? Remember that? And draft picks just so recklessly. Let's just try to go for yeah, it. Yeah, but the problem. It would never pan but, out. But Norm, the problem was when they had an unlimited spending spree, they could do that. Most of the time, they sucked. Most of the time, it was like the Rangers, the Flyers, yeah. and the Leafs throwing good money after bad. And who yeah. did they? And who did they waste their money on? Jason Blake, guys like that. Oh, this is the Leafs Convo Podcast, OG's Converse. Thanks for your participation in community. Uh, the poll before the Leafs-Chicago affair. 40% of you said the Leafs would dominate. 20% believed the Leafs would lose, and they did. 
thought the game would be high scoring. Eight goals, that is high scoring. Unfortunately, Chicago got most of them. 15% thought Austin Matthews would go off. And it was like he was off <laughs> his game and off the ice. Or actually on the ice for a lot of goals against a minus four. Mitch Marner was a, a minus four. And he was on the ice for a Leafs goal. It, uh, you're going to need guys like Mar- Matthews and Marner to completely dominate and, and shine. And, and when they don't, and when this team isn't filling the net and winning fire wagon hockey games, um, it's a 500 club, perhaps worse. Just a few comments from, well, not a few, a lot from community before we go, Mike, and I'll let you have the last word. Mm-hmm. Arish Salim, what the heck were they thinking? It was like they were already on vacation. Maury Zelkovich, go Raps, go. <laughs> Jamaru Joestar. Marinson and Barry are killing me. And hey, Barry had two apples last night, Mike. Well, I, I think he's being forced to play more of a role, a two-way role than they imagined. I mean, that's the symptom of Muzzin being out and Riley being out. Um, he's not a shutdown defenseman. He's a guy who his defense is carrying the puck up the other uh, up the ice and, and preventing the other team from having the puck. But defensively, he's not great. And that was we knew that that was the case going into when when they acquired him from Colorado. He's a power play guy and a puck rushing guy, and if you expect him to match up in front of the net, you're you know it's not going to happen. So uh, he's being put into situations where he has to be more of a two way guy, and that's mm-hmm. that's just not not helping. But uh, so I, I cut him a little slack in that respect. But uh, yeah, this this team is hurting right now in terms of their defense. They they yeah. you know they're probably going to get Muzzin back before the all or after the All Star break, and that'll be a good thing. But I think even that with that, you know, Riley's going to be out for to upwards of two months, and they're probably going to have to acquire mm-hmm. some defensive help before the deadline. Cool and trending for Michigan. The water is finding its level, especially with the defense. Brian Tessier, give Anderson some relief. Also, this young defense needs help. It has to happen. Right now, Mike, obviously these guys understand what you're saying and clearly they can see um, what is true with this team right now. It, it is not running full tilt and uh, that's not just because of there are injuries, but there are components that still need to be added on for this team to make a true run. Supercoop says things are getting real hard to watch lately. Like two weeks ago, it was a pleasure to watch. Now it's getting harder. And I understand that. Lord Longmarch, don't jump off the bandwagon just yet. Still lots of great hockey to come. Lord Longmarch with some positivity. See you at the X, my friend. Rock Metal Fiend, get a solid backup for Freddie. Dump Marinson and CC immediately. So I guess dreams of Fanuf and CC running that third pairing are waning. I didn't think it was serious anyway. It was curious that he was, that Dion Fanuf was around the building. I didn't hear anything about him being there yesterday. So, um, yeah, I mean, let's just say this. This team is not a veteran D like enough away from being solid defensively. It might be a better op- option than Mar- Marinson, but not much. The, the the chatter over the middle of the week regarding, say, Edmonton being interested in one of their top six forwards, uh, getting a Darnell Nurse back in a deal that involves Kapanen and Ryanson, that would be something that would help the Leafs out. I don't know whether the Edmonton Oilers are going to be on board with that right now, maybe during the offseason when they have to try to sign a Darnell Nurse. But this team needs another defenseman and another top four defenseman. I said that from the very outset of this season. And now without Muzzin and without uh, Riley, it's really coming. The chickens are coming home to roost. You better believe that, Severino Cudicito. So everyone tonight got a taste of Anderson's playoff hockey style. He was brutal. James D. 
sarcastically saying Anderson really earned that all-star nod. The jeering for Anderson after he made a save following a few goals he allowed, and he didn't allow too many nice goals last night. Was that fair? Uh, I mean, the fans pay a lot of money, so it's fair. Um, In terms of, you know, he didn't play well in October. He played well in November and early December. He has started to slip. If you've noticed, he started to slip after playing more than he probably should in December. So, again, I think this is fatigue. I think that's part of it. I also think it's the, the, the team in front of him playing terrible defensively. So can I, yep. can I lay all the blame on Frederick Anderson? No, it's unfair to do that. Can I blame, blame some of it? Yes, I thought a couple of the goals were pretty weak last night. But the, the problem is this is a team effort. You have to play better defensively in front of him. You have, to t- you have to kill penalties better in front of him, and you need the goaltender to make the save when he needs to. It's a combination. Mike, I'm sorry. Things were never the same after Kyle Dubas let Curtis McElhaney get away. <laughs> Seriously. Well, I, and there were reasons for that, which I think now this team is, you know, I think it's hurt them. He was a solid backup, but it's got now to the point where Kyle Dubas has two tasks in front of him before February 24th. See if he can bolster his defense and find himself a backup goaltender without giving up too much. Those are, yeah. his, those are the tasks. Kyle Dubas has to do a lot more than just sign great players to contracts that everybody thinks uh, are inflated. He's got to do a lot more than just be patient with William Nylander. He's got to do a lot more than what he's done. There's more to do. And forget about firing the guy. Let him work at it. Let him work at it. This team is so great, but it's so flawed. And we are going to see those flaws uh, more than we're going to see its greatness as things become tighter and more intense and more crucial and the games have more meaning down the stretch. What is Kyle Dubas going to do to augment this team and make it better? And what is this team going to do in response to their leader trying to help them get to where they want to go? Final comment from Community LM. The Leafs are a disgrace to every fan that supports them. Screw the cap. Let's give the whole team $11 million a year and call it a day. Unfortunately, you can't screw the cap, as he says. If they if they could, they would. But uh, the one thing that I think is uh, sort of a harsh dose of reality is that you open your eyes this morning and the Leafs are in 10th spot in the Eastern mm-hmm. Conference. They're tied uh, with Florida. Florida has more wins. They're one point behind, I think, Philadelphia uh, and Columbus for the wild card. doesn't mean that they're out of it. It just means that this is, you know, the remaining 30-some-odd games are going to be a tough road to hoe. That's not a fun spot to be in with a week off. No, not at all. Hopefully the guys shoot well at Augusta. Probably not as well as their plus-minus stat line last night. But they'll have fun, and they'll get back at it. And I'm not saying this team is going to win anything substantial this season. Maybe ever. Uh, but things will get better. I have trust and faith in Kyle Dubas that he'll make some moves. Maybe not all the right ones, but he'll do his best to position his team better than it is right now. Michael, enjoy the football. Oh, yeah, the Bills aren't playing. But enjoy the football anyway, buddy. Thanks.